Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. This is E5 Bayo. Grab a seat, grab a chair, grab a blanket, pillow, sit on it, make you some tea, some coffee, drink some water, some juice, pour them babies some milk. And for y'all that know, it's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. I ain't here to judge. <clears throat> First off, I want to let y'all know that I appreciate you. I thank you. And I'm happy for the growth that I am experiencing. I am forever grateful. Trust and believe that. If you don't believe anything else, trust that. I am forever grateful. So... This morning, I want to talk about not giving up. I know I've been saying it. And investing in you. Believing in yourself when nobody else will. I had some amazing examples. And one of the examples, I did. I had some I had some strong women in my family. And today, I'm going to give this conversation to my Aunt Pat. She transitioned this morning. My Aunt Pat transitioned this morning. Out of the, my mother is the oldest out of 21 children. So there was two baby mamas. My grandfather had two women. And he made sure that he took care of each and every one of these children. 11 girls and 10 boys. Ma and Pat, out of the first three sets, the first set he had was three girls. My mother's the oldest. They always say when you have a when your first child's a girl, them legs open to let others come through. That's the old Southern saying, don't argue with me, argue with your papa and them and your mama. Um so my and Pat was the youngest out of the first set. Now out of all together, my mother's baby sister Pafe is my mother's youngest sister. And me and her is the same age. Go figure. <laughs> um but my Aunt Pat, out of the three, see, first of all, they had a bond, sisters, because my grandmother and them made it so, because that's how they were raised, a bond. They can argue with each other. They can argue, talk about each other, cuss each other out, but best believe you can't get involved in it, and no one is breaking that bond. They will... 24 hours ain't going to go by without them keeping an update on their sister, even if they wasn't speaking. Now, if Pat got in trouble, the other two would show up and show out. They stood for each other. They held each other's secrets. They were sisters bond. Barbara, Louise, and Pat, sisters bonded together. Now, I heard some of the stories. And I saw some of it with my own eyes growing up. But that ain't the conversation. The conversation today is for my Aunt Pat. She's the youngest out of the first three set, out of the first set, the youngest three girls. She got up to New York and changed the name. You know, Pat saying, changed the name. <clears throat> beautiful, 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 beautiful. Had men falling at her feet. Did what she wanted to do. No fucks given. On any day. Always kept a car, but couldn't drive. Couldn't drive in the rain and couldn't drive at night, but always kept a car. Always kept a car, 
Aunt Pat always had a car and had the latest of whatever fashion was out in the 60s and 70s. Had the latest, honey. Couldn't tell her nothing. Because where they grew up at, Amit, Louisiana. Now, trust me, she didn't deny where she grew up at. She let you know, I'm baby, I'm from New Orleans, <laughs> Louisiana. Had a mouth that if you piss off, she can cut you with a knife with that tongue. I will say that. But the reason why this conversation is, because where they were from and where they went to was only for the strong. Mind you, growing up, they had to protect themselves because young girls would pray. From your uncle to everybody, they would pray. So they had to adjust each other accordingly. One of the stories I heard was from my, my mother's cousin, as my mother. They would sleep hand to hand, you know, with their hands locked in between each other. So if one of the uncles or one of them guests come in there, they couldn't grab them because they weren't going to mess with them with the other children. They didn't know who was woke. But they'd go in there and try to grab them or pull them, and they'd be locked tight, even in sleep, locked. So they couldn't in their sleep ready roll. I don't know if y'all know what ready roll is. It's sleeping with your clothes on, your outside clothes, sleeping with them on. So ready roll. And when we got older, my mother couldn't stand that. She said, get your ass up out that goddamn bed, sleeping ready roll for. What you sleeping ready roll for? And we'd be like, oh, man, we just fell asleep. Get up. Get your ass out of that bed, sleeping ready to roll. So you get up. You change. You take you a shower or a bath. And you put your jammers on, your night clothes. But you ain't sleeping no ready to roll unless someone was bothering you. Because that was their mentality. They had to learn to survive. So as they got older, they left. And they came up to New York. Well, Pat wanted to be a model. She wanted to be a showgirl. She wanted to be everywhere. She followed some of it. She was in magazines. She did a lot of modeling. She met a lot of guys that would give her the world. So I have to give it to her. She didn't allow no one to dictate or define who she was going to become. Then she wanted to be a beautician. She wanted to do hair. So she went to school. Wilford Academy, she went, graduated, went to another one, and opened up her own salon. She wasn't playing. Opened up her own salon. She did hair out of her bathroom, her kitchen, and her basement. Her basement turned into a studio. A whole, and with, with, with hire people. Yeah, she was that chick. Had it in her house and didn't... Across the street from where she lived, a little spot opened up, and she made sure she got it. She was so happy. Oh, she was so happy. We was there that day. You couldn't tell her anything. She accomplished what she set out to do. I have to give that to my impact. And one thing I will say, every time she celebrated her life, her sisters was by her, and so was us, all the kids. She got married. <laughs> my and Pat got married to my Uncle Liston, right? So 
you know, my iPad was the the it girl, you know, in the family. She was the it girl. So you had to be dressed and be appropriate. You had to have that, uh. So, and her best friend, oh, my God, man, I hope she's okay. Um, She would, she had everyone that was somebody in her wedding, right? Beautiful wedding. So the flower girl that she wanted couldn't do it. The lady backed out. So she called my mother. I'll never forget that. She called my mother. My mother had to go up on the avenue, find me a dress, do my hair. All of them, all of them knew how to do hair. All of them. They all went to beauty school. They all went to Wilfred Academy. Except for Ma Louise. She could do hair, but Ma Louise was more of cooking. Cooking. Put her in the kitchen, and that's what her passion was. So, but all of them knew how to do hair. So my mother had to rush me to get a dress, rush me to get my hair done. And I had to walk down and throw out the flowers, and here I am scared and nervous. And I remember when, that was my art, one of my artist proud moments, because I remember when one of the ladies that were in the wedding, she said, oh, you, you put those extensions in good. My iPad turned and looked. She said, well, who is tension? She said, that's that child. That chap's real hair. She said, no. My iPad ran her hands through my hair and separated and parted. She said, this her hair. <laughs> that's her mama. That's my niece. That's her hair. And my cousin Renee, God bless her dad, too. She sat there and she was just cracking, saying, mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there looking like, okay, what's extensions? You know, because my hair was down to my back. And my pops would get, you know, upset. Oh, because my Aunt Pat, would, and whenever I go to her house, she'll do it. Her and Renee, they'll do it and have it hanging, you know. And me being the tomboy, I wind up, it'll wind up in a ponytail anyway. But what? They playing my hair all day. She used to be like, uh-uh, cl-. they always kept my ends clipped. That was the beauty of having an aunt that was a beautician because you would go over there and get a free hairstyle. Now, when we were grown, I wish she would, she would have still continued, but I'd have stayed in there. But um, she did. She didn't take no for an answer. You couldn't define her. Even when she had children, you couldn't define her. Whatever she wanted, she went after. And they did. They kept a home for their children. Did they overcompensate? Yes, we all did. But I know what it feels like to come from a strong woman. Now, were they perfect? Hell no. Not by a long shot. But they made sure they stood on their morals and principles. They made sure. They took care of their family. And they had it saying, blood called blood. So you know. And she would, she would. Pat would come and get us. We'll go to our house, hunt, listen to them. They'll take us to the baseball game or take us to Coney Island or Rockaway Playland. You know what I'm saying? Pat would we spend the night over there and stuff and play through our hair, all of that. She would. She'd cuss us out the same way she cuss her kids out. And then we'll sit there. i never forget when she moved in the uppity part of Laurenton. We washed clothes and we hung them out in the, you know, in the gate. She came home and went off because she was living around all these white people. 
She said, I know them goddamn clothes ain't outside. I said, she said, y'all don't live in the goddamn ghetto. Take them clothes out and take them to the dryer. And that day forward, she went, bro, I don't wash it in the dryer. She said, y'all won't embarrass me. I said, well, right, go ahead, unpack. <laughs> go ahead. She wasn't perfect. But she knew who she was and she knew what she wanted. She didn't allow things to stop her at all. At all. At all. I remember when furs came out. My Pat was the first one to have a fur in the family. You know, fox, yeah, that fur, chinchilla. And then the animal rights people came out. And they threw paint on her fur. My Pat didn't give a fuck. She still wore that goddamn fur. I knew you was lying. She did not stop her. It was decoration. <laughs> she made it into a fashion statement. Put her, put her outfit according to the paint or the or the um coat. She didn't care. She had a full length mink. She didn't give a fuck. She did not care at all. She cursed some people out though. She didn't give a fuck. But Pat was Pat was Pat was my mom's sister, and you saw the sisters walking. This is a sight. See all three of them walking. You already know that bond was amazing. You already know that bond was amazing. Because, see, they wouldn't go 24 hours without speaking. And whatever good, good girlfriends they had, <laughs> this is where it became amazing. Whatever good, good girlfriend they had, whatever partner they had, you respected my sister. It wasn't no... It, we we not compromising. We not going to say, well, I'm madder. I can talk about it all day, but you can't. You don't have that right. No. Honey, I've seen them stop speaking and let one of their friends say, well, you know, well, who, wait, hold on. Who are you talking about? Oh, I know you mad at your sister. I'm mad at her, not you. Mind your business. Oh, they were strong for that one. Even they mates. They mates, my father, my uncle Tatum, God bless the dead, and Uncle Liston. They couldn't get involved in those, those sisters because their bond was unbreakable. And their drive, you could not work them. Give a fuck where they was. You wasn't going to outdo them, and you what? They were. They were their own competition. They didn't see nobody else's competition. They were their own competition, and they supported each other no matter what. Whether I signed up for it or not. When my Aunt Pat was a barmaid, my mother and all of them would go to that bar. When my mama was a barmaid, Pat and Lou would go to that bar. Wherever they went, they made sure they went over to their houses, spent the night, cooked, did whatever. They supported each other, either in the smallest thing. They supported it. My cousin Renee got killed. My sister stood strong. That's why I said it was an amazing to see all three of them stand together. And they let you know from the door. When my mother started working in the uh, diner, my Louise and my and Pat always made an appearance. They supported each other. They held on to each other. And I say even now in death, when it was time, 
Guarantee you they were standing there at the door. Now, my Aunt Louie's still alive, and all my other aunts, Romaine, well, uh, Claire May and Pat Sand and them. But out of the first three sets, Aunt Louie's the last one. My Aunt Pat is amazing. I have to say that. She didn't allow no one to take away her dream. And when you have a good support system, you'll even respect that. Even if it's one or two, and it was those two sisters, to give you encouragement, no matter how crazy it may sound, they were, they were still there, helping one another. When my and Pat got married, to listen, she told Uncle Listen, uh, yeah, I can cook. I can cook. So she wouldn't let nobody go into the kitchen. Nobody was allowed to go in that damn kitchen. <laughs> so she bringing out the dishes, sweating, wiping her face off, sweating. And the way her house was set up, I loved her house in Laurenton. Oh, man. The house was set up beautiful. The ba the basement was redone. She, that was an apartment in itself, but she turned it into a, um, a hair salon. She had the back entrance you can go down in. Oh, you could go through the kitchen. She had the kitchen where she had the door, and she had the back door, but you couldn't see through. And the windows was high up, so you couldn't just look in the window and see who was in the kitchen or whatever. You had to climb up, so wasn't nobody doing that. Right? So, and then you walked in, you had the dining room, then you had the living room, she had a fireplace. And then you had the little foyer, then you went upstairs. The first room you saw was Peter's, then the bathroom, then Renee room, then the master bedroom, then the master bedroom, there was a bathroom as well. And then, like I said, the bathroom and the foyer, porch, oh man, you used to go outside, you could sit right there as well. Um, her house was right there. It was a store, then my Aunt Pat house. And on uh, 230th in Laurentin, beautiful house, beautiful brick, beautiful. My mother, when she saw it, she said. And um, she, um, my mother fell in love with the house as well. We all did. Um, so when she was coming out, you know, she had a little apron on. She wiping her head like, you know, I'm in there cooking and stuff, and she had the music playing, so you didn't know nobody was in the kitchen. Honey, <clears throat> Swedish meatballs was my mama's one of my dishes that Uncle Liston and his family loved, and they made fried chicken, and they had everything, all the fixing. So somebody wanted to go in the kitchen, and Aunt Pat was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. So they were like, you know, who cooked this? Oh, my God. You cooked this? You are a great cook. She said, yeah, I cook better than my sisters and them. I made all of this. Well, my mama and my Aunt Louise was in the kitchen cooking the whole time. And with my mother, my mother had an attitude. Trust me, she was a Scorpio. <laughs> and when my mama heard that, she said, come on, Lou. You're getting the hell up out of here. She going to say she cooked all this food. She cooked it. You right. And they walked out with their platters and their bags. And I remember Uncle Lissy's brother had the chicken. She said, and we taking our chicken because she don't know how to cook shit. <laughs> took that damn food and took it to the house. 
Lord Pat said these goddamn heifers. She said these heifers. These heifers. She said they embarrassed me. And everything, Louis took the cake. Adam, taking my cake. And they took their stuff and went to my mother's house. Pat came over there. And she looked at them. She said, y'all are embarrassing. You don't tell us. She said, I didn't want nobody to know I couldn't cook. My Pat got good over the years. Now, duck, but nobody ever messing with my Pat when it came to cooking duck. That's the one thing I will give her. She a cook of duck, baby. Start licking your fingers. Cooking duck, that was her thing. Now, everything else back then, it was questionable. We would say, who made this? I'm Pat. I ain't. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But if she cooked duck, she brought duck shit. What, that was the first thing to go. What? Baby? She'd tear that goddamn duck up. And sometimes, ooh, with that orange marmalade sauce, she had to tear that duck up. Barbara used to, my, my mom's would like the little uh, brown, well done part, the edges of the meat. She'd eat that. And stuff, and we eat, we eat Pat Duck, but everything else, I love her. I love her. Rest in peace, Aunt Pat. I wasn't eating it. Ain't no way in hell. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. Uh uh. But she did. That tickled the hell out of her. Tickled listening too. Because listening was coming over there. He said, He said, I knew it was you, Bobby. Because that's my mom's name. He said, I knew it was you, Bobby, all alone, you and Lou. I knew it was y'all. He said, But thank you. But that's the bond they had. You know, and my Pat, man, she had some days. I mean, we all driving and it poured down rain and she pulled over the side of the road. We sitting in the car like, what the hell? I can't drive in this rain. Uh-uh. She was ready to let my brother bed. And he, he is 12 years old to drive. And my brother, he's so silly. I drive. I was like, uh-uh, you ain't killing us. And we had to sit and wait until the rain dampened out so now we could drive. <laughs> she did. She did. Oh, man. Pat had her moments. She had her moments. And don't, that's what I'm saying. They friends and all of them. Because my moms would have, like, people come over and stuff. And Pat would be sitting there, you know. i never forget, God bless the dead, Big Barbara, right? Because my mother, it was two Barbers. Barbara Young and Barbara Steptoe, right? So Big Barbara was Barbara Young. And um, she came over there and she was saying how she was, you know, the cat's meow and dudes were falling at her feet and... Uh, you know, it was, she was, she was it. She was the it girl. My Pat, look, she said, you listen to this sister. And my mother said, sure, stop talking about people. She said, ain't no way in hell this child is going to sit here and lie to all of us. This child is ugly. <laughs> we sat there and were like, wait, what? <laughs> Go on outside, y'all chaps in anybody's business. Take your ass outside. And then she'll come outside and tell us what happened. Yeah. But it was. My Pat was. She had three children. Two boys and a girl. She raised us all. She gave us that part that our parents and them couldn't give us. You know, they always say your aunt's uh, like your second mom. And Pat was. Pat was like that. But baby, she had a tongue. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. She mine. Love her to death. That's mine. But me and her, we... We just had an understanding where you don't cross my path, I don't cross yours, and we can be well. Because, see, when we was down in New Orleans, <clears throat> right, I'm the, I'm not the evil one, but I'm the one that, like, don't come to me right and respectful because that's how I'm coming to you. Real talk. Come to me right and respectful because that's how I'm coming to you. 
right? I'm not going to come to you disrespectful. Even if you're acting an ass, maybe you're having a bad day and I'm going to walk away and give you your space. That That's on everything. So when we was down in New Orleans, my they had to sign paperwork. And everybody they sent to get my Aunt Pat to come to the house, they wind up partying. And now you don't see them no more because they partying. So, and they was trying to get Pat over there for like three days <laughs> to my Aunt Louise house. They sent my cousin Christine, God bless the dead. Christine wind up getting her whole face redone. Because I told my aunt did hair and she would put your makeup on, put them fake lashes on, everything. So... She one of them pioneers. Because back then, also, back then, black women weren't as accessible of doing people's face and makeup. They wanted white women. White women to do that. It wasn't, it was beauty parlors. Don't get it wrong. In the hood, in the ghetto, yes. But she, it was hard as hell for you to break into doing other colors, other people's makeup and things like that. So you had to be... Diversified. You had to know how to do hair. You had to know how to apply the makeup and the lashes. You had to know how to do it. So my Aunt Pat, she did. She she tested that water. You wasn't going to just sit here and associate her with one ethnic or one person or one. No, no, she beat face. So one thing she did without a doubt and dressed apart. She was the one that, that really put that in my head when I was growing up. She said, I'm not going, and she wouldn't. I don't give a fuck who you were, how much money you had. If you didn't take pride in yourself and your look and presentation was everything to her, she ain't coming. You won't get her coin. She don't give a fuck how good you was. If you was a beautician or you're a makeup artist and your face looked horrible and your hair ain't come, we'll walk in and she'll be like, who do here? And she'll look and be like, uh-uh, come on, uh-uh. Even when, now... And back then on Jamaica Avenue, it was Gertz Mall. And they had a wig store my Aunt Pat worked in. And they had a beauty, you know, a little beauty station. And when I would come there to get my hair done, because Val and all of them used to work there, I would come there and get my hair done. And um, my Aunt Pat would be like, I used to be like, Aunt Pat, who, who doing hair? She'd be like, go to Val. And I'd be like, why? She said, because... Look, you don't go to anybody here that's nappy, dirty, and they in here doing hair. If they don't have time to do their own hair, take care of themselves, then they shouldn't get your money. And from that day forward, I've always been like that. Call me bougie, call whatever you want. But I think you should take pride in yourself. In yourself first. So, and my Pat, she, she did do that. that. That's without a doubt. But yeah, I Pat, listen... Baby, <laughs> she would. I Pat would. She wasn't. She wasn't a. She wasn't a stranger to hard work. She wasn't a stranger. So anybody that they would send over there, back to the original, they wouldn't come for three days. They kept on sending people over there. Marilyn, my cousin Marilyn, Jackie, and them, and they wind up getting caught up in Pat hanging out. All of that still ain't come. A Pat party. My Pat party. So I get down there, and my Louise and them is like, you know, bad ass still ain't get over here. I swear I don't want to go over there. I snatch your ass out. My mother looked and said, send Donna. My Louise said, why? She going to get caught up to She said, no, she ain't. She said, bring Pat here. <laughs> First of all, it was hot. 
I don't know if y'all ever been down in Amen, Louisiana, over there by the goddamn bayou, right? Well, baby, I don't know if y'all been down there, but it get hot like a mother down there. And then I got to walk up the steps because, and I had just had, I think I just had, you know, Shaba was big, but she wasn't that big. Shaba had to be about three or four. So now I got to walk my fat ass up these steps to come and get you. So I walk up there. I knock on the door. Pat and them is sitting on the bed. Everybody in there. They partying. They chilling. I said, yo, yo, uh, sister and I'm waiting on you. She said, tell them I'll be there. I said, no, no, ma'am. I said, they said, don't come back there unless I'm with you. She said, don't rush me. I said, I ain't rushing you, but. And I love you, Aunt Pat. I said, but I will snatch you out of here <laughs> and drag you over there myself because I would rather argue with you all day than go home and argue with my mother and my Aunt Louise. Ain't no way in hell. I said, so we got 30 minutes less than. They out there waiting. We going to jump in this car. We going to take your behind on over here. She said, I'm not tell. I said, that is true, so act like one. And I went downstairs and waited. In 30 minutes, my pack, I ain't even gonna lie, was in that goddamn car. And we went right on over there. And my Louise looked and my mother smiled and said, I told you. She said, Donna and Pat have, uh, she's not gonna be disrespectful. And I, I won't, I won't ever, as long as I'm living, will ever disrespect my aunt. That I won't do. I cuss ass out of my head now, in my, with me and, all 90 of my people in my head at the table, cussing our ass out, calling everything but the child of God. But I would never disrespect her. That I won't do. Um, I'd rather walk away. I won't do that. She can say what she want. That's why I say I'll walk away. All right, girl, you got it. First of all, I didn't want beef with my mama. So that that's that's the main reason that I didn't uh, cuss my iPad out. But we did. We had a we had a relationship where I know that's my aunt. Something happened to her, I'm gonna be right there front and center. But I also knew that, you know, my aunt Pat didn't have a chill button. She'll say whatever she thought. So and neither did I. So uh I would walk away. You know, I would. I would walk away. Um but when I did see her, I always let her know I loved her. And uh, I haven't seen my aunt Pat in Shit. I think the last time I saw Pat was at my sister's um, husband's funeral. Nope, nope. I ain't even gonna lie. Big Peter's funeral. Big Peter's funeral. So it was like two years. Two years ago was the last time I saw my aunt Pat. Yeah, two years ago. But I see her online. Her and her sons and them. So, yeah. And I, I know it's hard. Um... You have to deal with the death of your mother. So I know my cousins and, you know, my, my second cousins, her grandchildren, are uh, really going through. It's hard losing your mama. You know? Um, but now is not the time to cry because she had an amazing life. Now, it may not be amazing to you, and she won't be on the front of the newspaper with no ticket tape parade. But she did enjoy her life. And baby, when I tell you, 
She always had her hair laid, and that face was always beat, even on a bad day. She had to go out and get groceries. Mom and Pat was getting made up. <laughs> you, you not catching her on a bad day. Uh-uh. Even in the hospital, first thing she got, ask, get my makeup bag and my wig. <laughs> you be like, girl, uh-uh. You gonna have me sit here looking ugly. <laughs> and she was. She was. She was an exceptional uh man. My brothers in the were more closer to her. Uh my brother Robert and my brother Man. Because, you know, Aunt Pat was that was their girl. That was their girl. That was their Aunt Pat. My mother's baby sister. Out of the first set. Hell yeah. You know. And she was. She was this model to us, you know, and she was the first one out of the three to open up a business, to say, I can do it. And my aunt didn't finish school. That's not, uh, I, trust me, I'm not promoting, oh, you know, drop out, but she didn't finish school. But she definitely had that damn street smart. She let you know what was going on. And many a day she could have been killed, slain, all of that. But she kept her street smart. She wasn't a fighter fighter, but you show you had to tussle with her. She wasn't going to go down. And then she calling her sisters. And they were coming. Whether she was wrong or right, they still was coming. Shit. You ain't had to worry about that. I never forget. She was a barmaid at the Zanzibar. My aunt Pat used to be a barmaid at the Zanzibar. My mom did too. And um, these sisters would come in there. And Pat was. Pat had a beautiful shape. Ass and hips for life. She did. She had a beautiful shape back then. My aunt Pat had a beautiful shape. And, um, you know, the guys, we were fawn over her. She didn't care. As long as she was tipping her and buying liquor, she, she, was a, she was a bartender as well. So she knocked those drinks out, honey, and she looked apart. So here it is. Them guys would come over there and fawn. And them women would, you know, say little smart things and stuff. And she didn't care. That shit didn't bother her. She, the first thing she said, you buying a drink or not, baby? How, how can I help you? And... I remember two sisters wanted to jump her. These two sisters from the boulevard, Gabriel Boulevard, 109. They wanted to jump her. And Pat, you know, the guys made sure she got out of there so she wouldn't get hurt. But she didn't go straight home. She came to my mom's house. And that next day, my mama and my Aunt Louise walked up on that boulevard on 109. Went to one of the sisters. You betting them. I remember that. And um, it was a song back out. It's called The Birth of Butt Boogie, right? It was Two Sisters, right? That was the name of the song. But in reality, these weren't who they made the song after, but these two women that were sisters up on the boulevard, they did. They had hips and ass, right? And the only difference was my aunt didn't have a stomach. They had a stomach. Mine didn't have no stomach, so she could wear the little halter tops and all that and show her stomach off, even after three kids. She still had a beautiful shape. So, and she wasn't uh, using a baby powder neither. She wasn't sniffing anything. So let me put that out there, meant to know. So, these two sisters were, you know, they were threatening her and stuff, so my, my mama... And my aunt came up there, and she, she, the girl was sitting there. And my mother said, I'm just up here to give a, a public service announcement. Pat is our sister. And if she wouldn't have made it home, or she would have got... Like, in other words, 
instead of going through the speech and all of that. They knew right where these girls lived and went in front of their door and said what they had to say. These girls didn't know, these women didn't know where Pat lived or where my mom and them lived or whose sisters it was, but they found out that day. Yeah. For real. It was. It was. I am forever grateful for women that don't allow society or anyone else to stop them from pursuing their dreams. And that might have been days where my Aunt Pat didn't want to get out of bed. It might have been days where she might have suffered heartbreak. Because I remember when she was in love with Dennis. Oh, my God. He looked at like um, Sam Cooke to me. Oh, he was so beautiful to me. I said, oh, he's beautiful. He looked just like Sam Cooke. Just like Sam Cooke. Dennis. She might have went through heartbreaks. She might have went through so much. She wore that motherfucking pain like it was armor. Because it didn't stop her. Every time you look, she had a new house or apartment. She kept it fully furnished. Kept the refrigerator full of food. And if she didn't, she'd go to her sister in them house and they'd cook. But she didn't mind sharing. That's the one thing they did do with each other. And my mother brought a turkey. She knew Aunt Pat didn't have one. She showed it and dropped it off and didn't go and say, well, I brought my sister a turkey. None of that. She dropped it off. Here. Put these chaps in you. They didn't care if you had a man. Hi. Back then, it was a different vibe. See, now, I ain't helping them. They got a man. They got a grown-ass man in their house. I ain't helping them. I used to be under that, too, until my aunts and them had to recalibrate me because I was under that same thought. I don't care. Mm-mm, I ain't helping. She got a grown-ass man in there. How you know he ain't in there trying to help out the best way he can? We all fall short. If you got it, give it. Stop being using excuses. If you ain't got it, shut up. Move on. Don't worry about who in there. As long as you knew, you helped them to get something to eat for that day. They might lay up with 90 men. So what? That's not your business. Can you help them? Yes or no? That's all. We too busy worried about what's going in. And my patting them was like that. It was, them chaps didn't have it. Let me, I remember when she was saying that her man fell on hard times or she fell on hard times. Okay. They didn't sit there and say, well, she got a man. She got this. Mm, child, she was thinking she was this. They ain't do all that. You get in where you fit in. Help out and move on. You don't need to shout to the world that I made you a plate. If that's the case, then I shouldn't have made you one. And that's how they was. You know, that's how they was. That's the women I knew growing up. You know, we buckle up. We handle what needs to be handled. We can deal with the emotional part later. But right now, a job needs to be done. My cousin Renee died. My Aunt Pat's daughter. She got killed. They didn't have time to mourn. First of all, they had to sit with their sister. My mother had already experienced losing a child. My brother got killed. Then my Cousin Renee. Right? Yeah. Renee, no, Renee passed away before Iron Horse? Yeah. I believe it was before. No. My brother Horse passed away. I'm sorry. My brother Horse passed away because I had Didi. My brother Horse passed away. So my mother knew how to um how to handle that. 
And um, my Pat is still by her side. They never left her. They never left her. But my Pat and them, you should have saw them. They had to roll up their sleeve. And they had to get it done. And it's amazing when you see sisters come together, be it blood or friends or just a tribe. It's amazing to see how people roll up their sleeves and say, listen, there's a job that needs to be done, all hands on deck, and you get it done. And you move on about your life. But see, the real, when people lose someone, that first part, everybody's right there, offering their condolences, trying to figure out what happened, who did what, who related to who or whatever. My mom and them didn't worry about that part. They stepped to the side. They was always at their sister's side, but they stepped to the side for that. The real part is once all this is over, the body's in the goddamn ground, and you have to learn how to relive your life again without this person. That's when they need someone the most. And that's when my mother and my aunt and them was over there, making sure she was good. Because, see, after a while, everybody go home. You got to be in this house. You got to learn how to deal with it. Living without this person being there, without you talking to them and everything. You got to learn how to do that. Part of you is missing. Now you have to learn how to move forward. You're not going to have all the time these great days. And these people that say they with you, they usually fall off at the wayside. But these sisters never left each other's side. So that's how I said, Ma and Pat, she was suffering for COVID. Plus she had other ailments. I knew my mama wasn't going to let her suffer too long. I know her mama and all of them were saying, uh-uh, let's bring her home. We can't have her suffering and going through that. And to see them walk up. I remember, small note, when my father, he died two days later. I smelled, my daughter walked in. She said, Ma, you cooking a cake? I said, no, cooking no damn cake. She said, you sure? She looking all through the oven. I said, child, I ain't moved. I ain't cooked nothing. Your grandfather in there fed him, but I ain't cooking anything because my father was eating from a tube, so I didn't have to cook anything. She said, Ma, I'm telling you, it smelled like a baked cake. So when she walked outside, I looked to the side. And my mother was standing there all white with my father. And I looked and I said, you look good, lady. I said, you look great standing there. So I know my and Pat was sitting there, might have been scared. And out of the blue, she saw her sister and her daughter in them. And they said, come on home. Ain't no need for you to suffer. You in pain. Let's go. And they took her home. She's in a part where New Orleans was New Orleans and Louisiana was Louisiana. Where those summer days and those breezy, beautiful, cool nights. You hear those crickets in the background making all that damn noise. You might be sitting there eating some pecans. Talking about what you're going to do when you get older. Got your jeans rolled up on your leg and your t-shirt. Or you got a pretty pink dress. Sundress. And y'all sitting there. Laughing and joking. Talking about all the adventures you had in life. 
I hope this is encouraging to you that don't allow no one to stop you. Believe in your dreams and follow through. I know you have days that some days you want to give up. Those are the days you work the hardest. But always take a day out for you and relax. Mom Pat did do that. She kick us all our house. Y'all kids go home and take my kids with you. We be like, what? She be like, uh-uh. Today my day. I'm going to take care of me. She kick our asses out. Child, we've been to walk from 230th Street to 110 and 160. Beautiful walk. We'll walk it. Get us something to drink from gals and have some candy or whatever. Be walking up and down the streets and all of that. Bothering people and all of that. But we'll walk. Take our asses home. And about... Maybe about two days later, we jump on the Q5 on Merrick and take our asses back to Lawrence. <laughs> so definitely take a day off for you to heal. But don't stay there. Get back up. Do what you got to do. Don't let people talk you out of your spot. My and Pat, nobody could talk her out of it. She loved doing makeup. She loved doing hair. And she was going to let you know, no, she didn't do all the stars. And when they told her, you black, you southern, because they were from the south. And that, if you hear how people talk um, when they're in New Orleans, and that twain, you know, people, mm-mm, you don't know how to talk. She said, I ain't, y'all ain't paying me to talk. Y'all paying me to look good. She was in a few magazines. I'm grateful for that. And I know she was too. But she opened up her own shop out in Lawrenton. She paved her own road. Just because you say, I can't do it for you. Great. As Tyler Perry kept on telling y'all, I'm not begging for a seat at your table. I'm going to build mine. So from her opening up her own, that gave us a visual. Well, if my Pat can do it, I know I can do it. And we all... All of us have some kind of business, but that's where they come from. Because in New Orleans, my great-great-grandfather started his own barbecue business, a little juke joint for people to get away. My grandmother and um, and my on my grandfather's side, they had a whole shop where they were making clothes. And they would go in there and do that. So, it's always been there. But we, at this generation that we were coming up, me, my brothers, and all of us, our cousins. We got to see it. They got to see it. Now we got to see it. Oh, they started their own. Oh, okay. All right. She um, opened up her own in her own community. And she would do people's hair. Even young kids, when they had to go to school, she would do their hair. And if mama didn't have it, girl, don't worry about it. When you get something paid. Or, or take Peter and them, which was my cousin, her kids and them, and buy them something. Buy them something. See, she also knew. She helped out. Oh, they did some great things behind the behind the doors. They always say that you should leave this world a little bit better than you found it. I believe Aunt Pat did just that. Not even gonna lie. I believe she did just that. She left a little bit of her. Cause she done did a lot of hair and grew. A lot of these people now, as you grown, did their hair. She would beat her face, baby, put them lashes on, and step in like she was new money. But she did teach us to overcome. 
keep going. Don't stop. And I thank her for that part. To keep going. Don't stop. My and Pat would make us get up on the weekends and clean the walls. <laughs> I used to sit there and be like, I'm going home. But I understood. Sometimes we all need a new wash me. We all need a new start. We all need not a perfect beginning, but a refresher course in life. So as I give you all these things, and I hope they benefit you, I want you to take a refresher course. If there's something that you know, you like, I got it. Somewhere along the line, you might have missed something. So track back. Track back. Today would be the track back. Just to make sure you dotted every I and you crossed every T. I want you to start from the beginning. Not the beginning of your journey, but track back. Sankofa. Sometimes you have to look back to remember what you have and appreciate it. So today, I want you to write at least a paragraph of a memory you have when you first started out. That one thing that made you want to start on this spiritual journey. That one thing. And write about it. The positive of why you started out and the beauty and the hunger that it ignited in you. Write that so you can remember that when you go against your dark days or those days where it look like everybody's saying, uh-uh, you can't go do this. You read it so you can remember and hold that feeling. And that'll be the fuel that get you going a little bit further. Well, I welcome to say thank you. I give once again my condolences to my cousin Peter, my cousin Anthony, to Shanae and Pokey. I give thanks for being able to be raised around some strong women that didn't know how to take no and didn't know how to fold. I thank them for their lessons that they taught me. And as I pass these lessons on down to my children, my grandchildren, and they pass it on to my nieces and nephews and all that. Because they live through our history, through our stories that we share. The only thing is we can't get stuck there. Because if we keep looking back, we won't appreciate what's in front of us. But I want you to write down a memory of why you started the spiritual journey. What put that hunger in you. Something so beautiful and positive. And if you don't, shit, listen to one of my stories and use it. Then write it down and put it somewhere. So when you get those dark days, you read it. That's why I give them to you. So you can use them and you won't give up. I didn't give up. Because somebody and everybody wouldn't allow me to. I'm not going to allow you to give up. The same way as my Aunt Pat didn't give up. Don't let the lessons in her life go and fall on concrete. No, allow it to grow. 
even if one of her stories can enable you to move forward, do it. Because she didn't give up. And she lived a beautiful life to be 70-something years old. She lived a beautiful life. Like I said, it was amazing. But she definitely enjoyed the ride. As always, this is Bobby Ann's baby girl saying, Welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. And catch me tonight on Conversations with E5 Bayo. And definitely sign up for Patreon so you can get the meat and potatoes of stuff. Because I love you. And I hope that you move further and beyond. Take, remove the limits in the ceiling. I love each and every one of you. I shake.